When you bet fair on football, you get daily rewards. So any day can be a big deal. So whether it's a lower league match day, a top flight derby day, or an FA Cup Giants versus Minnows day. This week, we're doubling our daily rewards. Get a 10 euro free bet when you bet 20 euro worth of multiples or bet builders. Double daily rewards because we're bet fair. Max 10 euros free bet per day. Each bet must have at least one selection of minimum odds of 1.5 or 1 to 2 or more. Free bet valid 24 hours on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. 18 plus visit gamblingcare.ie. To me, you need your best line of caller. So if I was picking a team, I would 100% have Ian Henderson. I think he's the best line of caller there. For the best lines coverage this summer, subscribe to the OTB Rugby podcast stream on the OTB Sports app. The OTB Podcast Network with Get Set Go. Quick start car insurance you can sort anytime online, then bounce on with your day. Get a quote today at getsetgo.ie. Rugby on Off the Ball with Vodafone, lead partner of the British and Irish Lions. You are welcome back. The full time score in Cape Town. It is finished South Africa 27, the British and Irish Lions 9. South Africa won the second half 21 0, and that was very much the story of the day. Their tries coming from Makazole Mapimpi and Lucanio Am. The 2021 British and Irish Lions Tour on OTB Sports is brought to you with Vodafone, lead partner of the British and Irish Lions. Brian O'Driscoll was watching the game for us alongside Neil Tracy and he's going to be with us for the next little while to analyse the game. And we've also got Keith Wood back with us as well. Keith, we might start with you. What went wrong for the Lions in that second half? Um, I'd be nearly saying what went right um, for the Lions in the whole game. I thought the first half was about as bad an advertisement you can have for the game of rugby. I just thought it was awful. Um, And in the second half, uh, the line seemed to be absolutely uh, at sea for every ball that was kicked up in the air. And for me, it felt as if, and look, I thought it was going to be a tough game. I actually thought South Africa were going to win. but I thought the the Lions would would do something, and what they tried to do was to kick the ball and retain the ball, which they didn't do. And when that failed, they didn't seem to do anything else. So I would have said the Lions did not play to win the game. They played to stop South Africa playing, and they hoped that they would be able to outlast them at the end. And in fairness to South Africa, with the change with. Uh, um, um, Diego on um, at the end uh, with 30 minutes to go it totally changed the emphasis of the game where they started controlling the line out and the South Africa kicked a huge amount of ball but they kicked a lot of it to get it back and they kicked to turn some of the players I thought Van der Merve is very very slow on turning when the ball is put in behind him and I just thought they found the gaps and exposed the gaps and were very very clinical and um uh, and were absolutely deserving of the win at the end of it. I think they showed that they wanted to do something. Um, the Lions didn't show it. Did you think with the Lions going into the break at halftime with the lead, they may not have played well, but with the lead, were you assuming at that point that, God, this is looking very, very good because of the way they played in the second half last week? Um, I wasn't because I think having for South Africa having played another game like the test last week they would be better in the second half Mm. Um, I thought they'd made not better than the Lions actually but I thought they'd they'd play better than they played last week Um, but they came out in the second half incredibly focused so I do think the um, the setup of of their bench they had a very good bench a very strong bench that looked to to um, 
uh, they looked to take control of the game, but they started winning collisions. They started winning so many kicks. I mean, I think what Greenwood said on commentary at one stage, it was about seven out of 10 kicks were being won by South Africa when they were kicking it into the air. So if that happens, you're going to continue to do it. Um, and I just didn't think that the Lions put any control on it. So, but if you were to ask me now, what were the Lions trying to do in the game? I would have said they were trying to kick the ball to get it back and I didn't see anything else. A lack of a plan B, Brian. Did you also pick up on that? Yeah, well, I, these games are all games of momentum and, you know, it, it almost felt akin to um, to the Lions' second test in 2001 in Australia um, where, you know, we did all the playing in the first half. We left some missed opportunities out there, maybe more so than this group of players. But um, we had a, a slightly bigger lead than them. But it, I did feel as though going in at halftime, they needed a bigger lead than three points for the way they had played. I thought they were very good in the first half, albeit they didn't create that many try-scoring opportunities. Robbie Henshaw, you, you'd have to feel in the law of averages is that in, in, all, in, in all likelihood, he got some tip of the ball down. That try is given, and that's a completely different complexion on the halftime scoreline. The momentum is with the Lions going in there. But South Africa has stay, have stayed in the hunt for that first half, um, haven't played brilliantly well, given away a number of penalties, haven't created a huge amount themselves, but yet they're only three points behind. And then we saw a role reversal of the two teams from last week where... It was all the Lions in the second half. And once they got the momentum of that Mapimpi try and they got their mole operating again, which was a huge weapon for them in the World Cup and a huge weapon for them in the second half today when they got their scrum sorted, the knock-on effect of everything else, they've won the 50-50s, the high balls, the collision winning, the jackals, the turnovers, um, everything seems to work for them and against the Lions. And... It, it's I, I suppose it's concerning the differential between the two teams in the second half because it's felt like a very evenly matched game of chess so far for the first three halves. And then that fourth half, it was quite stark, the difference between the two teams when one is really on theirs and one is off. Mm. There have been plenty of comments coming in with regards to the refereeing in the game Colm has been in touch to say as clear a red as you will ever see on the rugby pitch he texted in during the first half so I assume he's talking about Cheslin Colby Erasmus has totally got into the heads of the officials with his online rants they are terrified to penalise the box today is the day respect the ref died in rugby what did you make of the officiating Keith? Um, I, I thought it was it seemed to start very well um, um, I thought there was a lot of things that were um, picked up that weren't uh, discussed. There was a few that were missed. I thought um, Van der Merwe's tackle uh, at, um, after about 10 minutes, I thought that was a yellow card and they didn't even discuss it. They didn't go back to discuss it. So I thought that was very unusual. I thought Cheslin Colby's um, the chase to hit uh, Conor Murray um, yes, he had his eye on the ball, um, but if you're looking for, for mitigating factors, I didn't think there was any. I thought that was a red card. And um, I then thought uh, Van der Merwe again, he got a yellow. That could have been, that was so stupid, you know, mm. kicking, uh, kicking out of that, it could have been more as well. Um, I, 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 do you know what? I have, I'm going to say I have huge sympathy for the refs at the moment. I think they are in, um, Brian talked about it earlier on, but I, I you know, we have to we have to support the refs in this rather than castigate them. We have to give them some level of 
Um, so I think the TMO is now coming in and destabilizing the ref far more than supporting the ref. Um, what I would say in this instance was the referee made the decisions. He looked at the TMO um, decisions that were our images that were shown, and he then made the decisions. I think for any international captain, um, they'd be happy if that was the case, rather than kind of guessing whether somebody else in the truck has done so. Mm. So um, I don't think it's per I don't think it was perfect, and I think there could have been other decisions that were out there. But I would have said in the in the ebb and flow of the game, I thought he got an awful lot right. But the game is so complex. I mean, it is, it's becoming infinitely more complex. And every time you pick a hole in it, like Razi Erasmus did in the last week, and you talk about everything, it becomes incredibly polarizing for fans because we can tell you that in every single rock, there's six, seven, eight, nine infringements. It's just which one happens first and which one happens first in front of the referee. And that becomes the issue. So... Look, I look. I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be giving out about the referee at all. I, I think we we need to be stronger on that. And I think if you look back 18 months ago, if that tackle had happened, um, uh, where Connor was hit at the top of his jump, it would have been a red card. I think it needs to be a red card, and uh, we need to make certain that we don't have those um, those instances happening in the game. Will Rossi feel that all his antics? Sorry, go ahead, Brian. I may. Yeah, just there's a couple of things. And it's, it's interesting that depending on whose perspective you look at and where the refereeing decisions you qualify your verdict on. So if you were to take a number of those incidents based on what, for instance, would go on in the Premiership, there could have been multiple red cards today. Cheson Colby could have been sent off twice. He could potentially have been have gone off for his head collision with Tom Curry in the first half, which the referee didn't even look at at all. Um, you know, if you look at the Conor Murray fall, you know the ruling in the Premiership is that if you have to break your fall with an arm and, and that has stopped you from landing on your head or neck, well, that's a red card offence. So that versus Ben O'Keefe, who's obviously refereeing on in a different part of the world. And there's this crazy scrutiny that's gone on this week, which is going to squeeze his decision making and and um, and and make him think twice about you know pulling out the the red card. So, you know, you, you're able. People will say about it being a Rassi Erasmus master plan. Maybe he got um, you know the break of, of of the ball today, but ultimately it doesn't make what he did any better or any more palatable. Yeah, he won't care because they're one all, and um, and it goes to a decider. And you'd have to imagine that all of the momentum is with um, South Africa at the moment. Um, the Lions looked out on their feet. They looked devoid of ideas, unfortunately. Um, it didn't look as though their, their creative players were capable of actually creating a whole lot. They looked to just kick the ball and and try and see if they could get some breaking ball, which South Africa were able to manoeuvre their way around. Diolande was excellent. Mathimpi was excellent in that regard. Um, and and it, you're kind of scratching your head as to how the Lions might now go and change things around next week to go and win the Test match. But, um, yeah, it's... Um, it's it's just it's just a matter of some of those refereeing decisions where the perspective comes from and whether you're trying to really shore up the safety of the game or where you want a little bit of the old game still to remain intact and um, and that's why you're going to have a smorgasbord of of differing op opinions across you know what was right wrong or indifferent. 
Just, just to touch on that, Brian, just on the first um, Cheslin Colby collision where he did hit with his head, um, I, I thought both himself and Curry um, both slipped, both fell, both collided with the head. Yes, in the Premiership, that could have been a red card, but I would have said there were enough of mitigating circumstances to, to, not, um, to not give a red card. But it was just glossed over very, very quickly. And that's because that's a different interpretation. And I think that plays into your point. You talk about trying to rediscover the best lines form now before next week, Brian. Personnel-wise, what is going to have to change? I think you definitely have to shake things up for sure. Um, because it's going to now, um, you know, shoulders will be slumped. They will, are only, it, it's, you know, historically the, the second to, five, to last week is the most difficult where guys realize they're not in the mix. Are they going to be involved? Well, now there's a chance of players that have been on the outside being involved. So Warren Gatland is in a position where I think he has to shake things up and he has to bring in some fresh legs. And I think he has to look at um, giving guys that have performed okay um, so far in the tour an opportunity to do something that the players that have played today haven't done. And I think... Some of the easy fixes in that regard would definitely be in the back three. Um, I think Van der Merwe um, struggled, yes, with the ball in behind him, but it, it doesn't feel as though he's done a huge amount in the two games. Um, people were questioning his selection in the first place. I, I think you've got to get someone like Liam Williams back in there. I think you could look at someone like Josh Adams in there, who was in flying form. So remember, someone like him has forgone the birth of his child. He scored eight tries in the first three games. How's he been feeling? Mm. I think Toby uh, Tolupe Palatau will be back in. Ian Henderson might be back in the 23. I think you've got to freshen things up uh, because some pe the people that have played two test matches, they have been test matches of the highest intensity on the back of a frustrating tour, a tour that maybe showed limited enjoyment. So I think you've got to spark a bit of life back into this team by um, by by you know shaking things up and you know going for going for broke i think you've got to try and play a little bit more i think the kick and test game won't won't be enough to win against south africa i think they showed that today so hopefully um we'll see um the lions you know regroup on wednesday you know put their team out and play with a little bit more ambition that even if they do go down at least they go down firing keith what changes would you like to see made yeah, I was I was a bit disappointed with the um, the lineout defence, which um, once they brought on uh, De Jager, they threw every ball virtually to Edzabet at the front, and they were all uncontested, um, and they were uncontested for a reason because that's how uh, South Africa get momentum in their forward pack is to try and uh, win a line out and drive it but even if you can snaffle one of those it puts them under pressure puts the throw under pressure that didn't happen so um, you know I'd concur with Brian's point I think there's a lot of forwards who have have put in an unbelievable shift and I just didn't think we seemed to be thinking in the second half I, we looked very tired and wrecked on our feet um, I would look for a little bit more uh, more pace but you still have to deal with huge men. You still have to deal with 
six foot 11 second rows and six foot 10 second rows that are 125 kilos. So that's that's a very difficult um, challenge for any player to go in. Um, I could see Jamie George uh, coming back into the mix. Um, I could see changes in the back three. Um, uh, I think we need to see more from from the front row. I thought Tig was good for the first 15, 20 minutes, but went a bit quiet. And um, but then when you saw the uh, the subs come on, South Africa were in total control in the scrums in the last 25 minutes. And maybe that's just momentum, and maybe it is uh, fatigue of a tour. Maybe it is uh, just the pressure and stress of a Test match. Um, but you need not to let your concentration drift at all. So, I mean, I need to look at it again, I have to say. I thought Tom Curry put in an unbelievable shift. Um, I'd say he'll be sore. I thought Jack Conan did too, but we didn't get to see as much of them. But we didn't get to see as much of a lot of the players because I don't know that the Lions did a huge amount. So we saw incredible defensive play in the first half. Um and I, look, I take Brian's point that it could have been a try and um, it could have been different last week if South Africa had a couple of tries. So that was that's kind of part of it too. Um, I just would have said that um, heads dropped, now not in terms of uh, giving up the ghost, not like that, but they dropped almost in terms of fatigue and with the wave of uh, onslaught of South Africans that were running after about 10 or 15 minutes in the second half and it just didn't seem as if the Lions could buy a chance and they just like for them to give away as many penalties as they did they seemed to be vulnerable all over the field so um, I don't know exactly what changes you'd make but you want to be able to see who are the guys who are standing up and getting um, putting their hands up on a Monday morning who want to be there and I know that sounds like a very loose comment but again, I'll say what it's like when you look at the people in the change room. You also want to be able to look at the people afterwards and see how they're how they're holding it together and whether they are crestfallen, you know, because confidence drops in different players. Um, you can't have a lack of confidence next Saturday. Brian, did we see any tactical tweaks from South Africa today? Well, they, um, I think they obviously worked on their line-out ball during the week. I thought um, that was such a huge weapon. They had very few opportunities to put that to effect in the first test. So they obviously tried to squeeze pressure to force line-outs, be it through penalties or forcing the lines to kick to touch where they didn't want to. And they, they were unbelievably impressive. And it's something that galvanizes them, that really feeds them with energy is when they get their their line-out mall operating well um they they didn't try and play a huge amount of rugby themselves you know um the the two kicks for, for the two tries you know were beautifully uh, accurate um kicks at the right time one off a off a penalty advantage um actually both might have been off penalty advantage um so you know they took their opportunities when they arose but and um, it was just a it was the physical display around set piece around line out and scrum that scared teams during the world cup it scared england in the final and ultimately it's been a bit scary to watch it from a lions perspective because they've another game under their belt in that regard and now the they they feel as though okay we haven't played a lot of test match since the rugby world cup final but now we remember what we what won it for us and mm -hmm. why would we revert to any other type other than the one that completely dominates teams and has dominated that english team 
of which there's many playing in this Lions series. So that's the concerning aspect that I would look at from a Lions perspective is how do you try and go and reinvent the wheel a little bit and, and create a different game plan that's going to counteract what the Springboks brought today. I thought their smother defence was absolutely outstanding as well. Anytime the Lions tried to go wide, there was nothing. They just feel as though their spacing is brilliant. And we saw it a little bit with Munster, with Jack Nienaber when he was there, that their organisation and their ability to identify what rocks to go to and, and when to stay away, but also their alignment is brilliant and being able to access the ball carrier, you know, from blind spots is what, you know, has smothered this Lions team. And that's why they've been forced to kick the ball as much as some of some of that has been their intent. They've been forced into kick the ball away an awful lot by that, the scrutiny of the Springbok defence. Yeah, that's uh, certainly an astute analysis. Uh, Brian, Keith, great stuff all throughout today. Really appreciate your time. Uh, cheers, Trent. Thanks a million. We'll chat to Keith and Brian, no doubt, during the week as well as we build up to what is going to be a deciding test. And uh, I dare say there may be a couple of headlines between now and then. It'll be very, very interesting to see the press conferences between now and then, building up to what's going to be a decider test because it finished South Africa 27, the British and Irish Lions 9 today. The 2021 British and Irish Lions Tour on OTB Sports is brought to you with Vodafone, lead partner of the British and Irish Lions. We are back after a quick break, talking GAA. Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, lead partner of the British and Irish Lions. 